your hands together for Jesus this afternoon. If you're happy to be in the house of the Lord, let me hear you put your hands together for Jesus this afternoon. Oh, you can do better than that. Make a joyful noise for our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords. Amen. Amen. Before you take your seat, why don't you just turn to someone and say, it's good to be in the house of the Lord this afternoon. Amen. Praise Jesus. You may be seated. Amen. Good afternoon, 2.30 service. It is good to see you. All looking well, so many smiles. That's what I like to see. Very encouraging. Looking beautiful, smelling good. I don't know about you, but I'm happy to be in the house of the Lord this afternoon. So many places I could be, but I'm here right in the presence of God, and I am glad about that. I'm also glad because it's a new month. It's February, first Sunday in February, and um, I just have this, you know, just this theory that February is the best month of the year. Um, and uh, I wonder how many people in here agree with me on that, one or two. I mean, I just happen to be born in February, but uh, I just think February happens to be the best uh, month of the year. And um, as we kick off this month, we're starting out a new series. And um, in case you're wondering, in case you came into the service and you're looking at me and you're thinking, wow, Bruce has had a makeover since I saw him last. Yes, you've guessed it. I am not Bruce. I'm Kunle, and um, I'm here, I'm home, I'm a member of Kensington Temple, and I've been asked to open up this series in the 2.30 service, where we will be looking at the Father Cares for You. Tell your neighbor the Father Cares for You. Just a little disclaimer in case you're wondering, when I'm ministering, whenever I get the opportunity to speak or preach to, an, to a group or to an audience, I like to have some crowd participation. I like to know that the audience are still awake that they're still listening, that they're not thinking about what they're going to eat after service or what the latest football score is. So from time to time, I'll be asking you to turn to your neighbor. So I hope you're friends with your neighbor. If not, by the end of the service, you will be. Um, so I hope you don't mind. Is that okay? Yeah. Oh, I'm just making sure you're awake. Is that okay? Yeah. Praise God. Do you have your Bibles with you? If you've got your Bibles, please turn with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 8. We're going to be looking at Psalm chapter 8. As I mentioned, we're starting a new series in a 2.30 p.m. service called The Father Cares for You. And this afternoon's topic is The Father Cares for All. The Father Cares for All. Do you have Psalm chapter 8? I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible, and it reads as follows. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, in a world where human beings question 
the care that mankind has for mankind. In a world where, unfortunately, we are witness to various different acts of terrorism and injustice. In a world where people question the very authenticity, the very authority, existence and sovereignty of our God. I want to tell you from the very outset that we do have a living, existing, breathing, true and real God who is the creator of all and who cares for all. You know, when I look at the word of God, I see this all throughout my Bible. I see a father who cared for the people of the Old Testament. I see a father who cared for the people of the New Testament. But do you know what I take comfort in? I take comfort in the fact that the same God, our same Father, who cared for the people of the Old Testament and cared for the people of the New Testament, is the same Father that cares for you and I today. The Word of God reminds us that He is the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. And I don't know about you, but that is something to take comfort in. You see, if the Word of God told me that the Father cares for some, then I'd be a little bit concerned. Because then I would have to question whether I qualify in that son. But we have a father who cares for all. And the last time I checked the Hebrew and Greek word for all, do you know what it was? All. That includes you and me. It includes the animals, the birds, the air, the fishes, the oxygen, everything, all. If it comes under all, it is all. When we look at this scripture, a creation psalm in Psalm chapter 8, we get an idea of just some of the things that the Father cares for. And I'd like to bring some of them to your attention this afternoon. When we look at Psalm chapter 8, we can see that we have a Father who cares about his creation. We're talking about a Father in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 14 who separates the light from day. We're talking about a Father who upholds this earth by his own power and calls this earth his very own footstool. We are talking about a father who places the sun just in the right place in order for us to get the right nutrients, to get the right resources, but just not too close so that we don't get damaged. But how many of you know that right here in the UK, we could deal with the sun being a little bit closer to home right about now? But he is a father who is magnified in his creation. He is God over his creation. He is not an impersonal God who steps back from his creation and allows anything and everything to take place without his control. He is the father of all who looks upon his creation and smiles upon his creation. And I just wanted to remind you of that from the very outset. You see, when we look at our Bible, in case you're thinking up here, okay, well, how do we know that he cares for all? Where is it in Scripture? There are so many various different accidents, various different incidents that we see in the Bible that take place, that show us that the Father cares for all. Take, for example, Job. Job is coming to the end of his trials and his tribulations and his testing. And he begins to ask questions. And when he begins to ask questions, God answers his questions with questions. How many of you know people like that? You ask them a question, they respond with questions. And how many of you know that when God asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. When God asks questions, they are rhetorical questions. He asks those questions to bring certain things to our attention and to remind us of his sovereignty. 
And so when Job begins to question God, God says to him in the scripture, in Job chapter 38 and verse 4 onwards, it says, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst forth and issued from the womb? Ladies and gentlemen, when Job had questions, God responded by reminding him, hold on a second, don't you ever forget, I am the creator of all. I created the sun and the stars and the moon. I created the sun. I am the God over all, and I am the Father who sees all and cares for all. Tell your neighbor the Father cares for all. But ladies and gentlemen, when we look at Psalm chapter 8, we don't just see a Father that cares just for creation. We see a Father that cares for everything within creation. And believe it or not, our Father cares for the crops. He cares for the seeds. He cares for the flowers. He cares for the animals. Yes, your dog, your cat, your rabbit. The Father cares for them all. In Jonah chapter 4, Jonah is sent to Nineveh to preach a message of judgment upon the people. And when he does so, the people repent. And Jonah gets angry because he feels that, you know what, they should receive some punishment. And, you know, Jonah storms off and, you know, he finds himself under a tree and, you know, the sun is just blazing upon him and even the tree disappoints him and he begins to curse the tree and Jonah is just angry. He's walking around with an angry countenance. How many of you know people that just seem to always be angry? Don't put your hand up. We don't want you to expose them this afternoon. But Jonah was very, very angry. And God turns around and says to Jonah, hold on a second. Should I not have mercy on the people of Nineveh and their livestock? Ladies and gentlemen, God doesn't just say, should I have mercy on the people? He's thinking about the animals. He's thinking about the habitant. Because he is a father that cares for everything within his creation. In Luke chapter 12 and verse 6, Jesus asked the question, Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins and not one of them is forgotten by God. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 26, the word of God tells us, Jesus reminds us in fact, he says, you know what? The birds don't even sow or reap, but yet the heavenly father looks after them. He feeds them. In verse 28, we're reminded of that same Matthew chapter 6 verse 28, that as great as Solomon was, Yet he was not arrayed like the lilies of the field. Imagine the father cares about the lilies of the field. He cares about the crops. He cares about the plants. It may seem trivial, but we know by looking in scripture that he cares for everything within his creation. We know that the father cares so much for animals that he even uses animals in the word of God. In fact, when you look at the book of Numbers, chapter 22, you will see that God uses a donkey to speak to Balaam. Has anyone here had a conversation with a donkey before? Thank God nobody has. That would be another sermon altogether. But we see a God 
who uses a donkey to speak to Balaam, but we also see our father riding upon the donkey as he enters into Jerusalem on what we celebrate as Palm Sunday. This is a father who cares about his animals and his creation. What better example do we find than that in Genesis chapter 7 and our good friend Noah? Remember Noah's ark? God said to him, listen, Noah, I want you to bring a number of animals into the ark, clean and unclean. In Genesis chapter 7 and verse 13, it says, On the very same day, Noah and Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Noah's wife and, and the three wives of his sons with them entered the ark. And in verse 14, it says, They and every beast after its kind, all cattle after their kind, every creeping thing that creepers on the earth after its kind, and every bird after its kind, every bird of the sort. You know, when we look at things like the book of Noah, the book of Noah, when we look at the story of Noah, I beg your pardon, when we read about Noah taking the animals into the ark, it's very easy, very easy to imagine of all the wonderful animals that Noah had to bring into the ark. We think about the elephant. We think about the giraffe. We think about the horses. We think about the lions. We think about the lambs. We think about the sheep and the cheetahs and what other animals have I missed? That's lovely. Someone want to shout out some animals to me. The chickens, of course, the chickens. You know, how would we have Nando's without the chickens? We have the sheep and we think about all of these lovely, wonderful animals. But do you know, God told Noah to bring some of everything, everything that creepeth the earth. That means, ladies and gentlemen, Noah had to chase the rats. He had to chase the snakes, the lizards. Oh, nobody's saying amen now. He had to get the cockroaches, the spiders. Forget London Zoo, Noah was the first world zoo keeper. He had to get some of every little thing that creepeth this earth. But do you know, God could have just said, you know what, Noah? You and your family just go and let me just preserve mankind and don't worry about the zebras and the monkeys and the giraffes. But he is a father that shows that he cares for all his creations, that he wanted to preserve the animals that we see today in the zoo, that we see today on the television. He is a God that preserves his habitant, that preserves his livestock. He is a father that cares for all. But do you know what's even more fantastic, ladies and gentlemen? That as much as we have a father who cares for creation, as we see in that psalm, as much as we have a father who cares for the lilies, who cares for the flowers and cares for the animals, we have a father who cares for mankind. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. We have a father who cares for mankind. Ladies and gentlemen, we have no better example of this than John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son to die for you and for me and for mankind. Never see the fact that Jesus came as something that is distant and not something that is personal. You've got to personalize it. You've got to realize that even if you were the only one on earth, he still would have come just for you. In Galatians 2.20, the Apostle Paul put it like this. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me 
and gave himself for me. It's personal, ladies and gentlemen. The Father's care is personal. But let's just talk about the Father's care for all. Let's just talk about the Father's care for mankind as a whole and what this includes. I want to break it down into three categories. First of all, I want to remind you that the Father cares for the lost. He cares for the lost. And maybe you're in here today, and you've got brothers and sisters, family members, friends that you are believing to come to the knowledge of God. The Father cares for them too. And can I encourage you to keep on praying? Can I encourage you to pray without ceasing? Can I encourage you to continue to ask, to seek, and to knock? And can I encourage you, like Joshua, to declare that as for me and my household, we shall serve the Lord? Because I believe that even in this year of breakthrough, that people you have been believing for to see come to Christ will come to Christ this very same year. If you just keep on praying, if you just keep on believing and understanding that the Father cares for them and he loves them, and be that light to their lives you will see what God is going to do in your life of your friends and your loved ones and your families this very same year. The Father cares, ladies and gentlemen, for that colleague at work that you can't stand. The very same one that you're praying, Lord, give me a promotion so I can just move a whole new floor away from them. That same colleague that brings you all of that gossip on Monday morning that you just love to listen to. I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about the person next to you. All of that gossip that he loves to bring The Father cares for them. But guess what? The Father cares also for the people who you love and admire in your workplace that don't know Christ, that you are believing for to come to Christ. He cares for them all. Ladies and gentlemen, our Father cares for those who have turned to other gods. Our Father cares for those who have turned to idols, who believe in other faiths. How do we know this? In 1 Timothy Chapter 2 and verse 14, rather, verse 4, I beg your pardon. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4, God says, It is my desire that all men will come to the knowledge of me, that all men might be saved. So we know, ladies and gentlemen, that he is a father that cares for all. He cares for those who blaspheme his name. That is another level of care. He is a father that cares for those who blaspheme his name in our films. He cares for those who blaspheme his name on our streets and with their lifestyles, who deny his existence. He still cares for them. And how many of you know that care is divine? That is a supernatural love. That is a supernatural care. And it just brings so much warmth to my heart to know that we have a father who cares for all. In scripture, we see that Jesus hanged out with the unpopular people. He hanged out with the tax collectors and the sinners. He hanged out with those in darkness. He said, listen, those who are well have no need of me. I have come for the sick. I have come for the lost. I have come to heal the brokenhearted. But ladies and gentlemen, also within mankind is not just the lost, it's the church. And how many of you know that the church is not just this wonderful, lovely building that we see arrayed in front of us. The church is not the building. The church is you and I. And we know that Jesus is coming back for his bride without wrinkle and without spot. We know that the Father says that he will build his church. And what? The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
He is a father that cares for mankind. He is a father that cares for the lost. He is a father that cares for the church. And he is a father that cares for you and for I. I know that as we progress throughout the series and as we go into next week, we're going to be looking in more detail about the father caring for us personally. But I just want to touch on that this afternoon because I think it's very important to understand that within mankind and within all includes me and you. And I don't know what situation or what challenge you might face right here, right now in your life. But one thing I can assure you of is that the Father cares for you. I don't know, maybe you're here and you're looking at your financial challenges and you're asking God, God, how are you going to do this? God, why me? Why not someone else? Why does all of these challenges have to happen to me time and time again? Maybe you're here and you're praying and crying out to God day in, day out, and you're wondering, does he hear? I'm here to remind you and assure you that our Father cares. Maybe, like David, you'll just say, when my mother and my father forsake me, he will never forsake me. Maybe you're here and a friend has forsaken you. Maybe you're here and you're facing challenges in your marriage, challenges in your friendships. Maybe your own parents, your own father, your own mother has left you. Maybe friends have turned their back on you. There is a God who says, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. He is the father that cares for you. You know, my Bible says that he is close to those with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. My Bible says, be still. And know that he is God. He is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. He says, call upon me and I will send my guardian angels to protect you and guide you and lift you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. I don't know what challenges you may face. You might be the type of person that's always encouraging others. And you have the courage to encourage, but you go home discouraged. You might be somebody who's coming here today looking for life, looking for hope because you are down in the dumps, because you are feeling stressed and you are feeling depressed and you're wondering, does anyone care? Because no one seems to notice. I've got great news for you. The father sees and better yet, the father cares. Can I encourage you, ladies and gentlemen, this afternoon to not grow weary in doing good? Can I ask you to not lose hope, to keep on praying and to keep on seeking his face because God has not forgotten you. We know that the Father cares from the very fact that he knows the numbers of hair on your head. Nobody knows that. You don't even know that. You can try counting. You'll be here to the seven o'clock service and you still wouldn't know. But we have a Father who cares for all. He knows everything about you and he's got a plan for you, a plan for a hope to give you a future And to give you a prosperous future at that. His word says all things work together for the good. For those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Now I don't know about you, but I take comfort in the fact that when my flesh fails me, there's a father who upholds me. That when my word says, listen, trust not in man, but trust in me. That I can sit back and say, the father sees my situation and he cares for all. And so, let me encourage you this afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, because I can't see what goes on in your life, because your friends don't really know the tears that you cry at night. There is one who sees, there is one who looks down, who stretches out his arms, and who says, you know what, do not worry, because by worrying, you cannot add anything to your life. I see your troubles, I see your prayers, 
I see your hearts cry. But guess what? I care for you and I love you. And ladies and gentlemen, never let that leave your mind. Never let that leave your heart. Because if there's anything that you want to wake up to day in, day out, it's reminding yourself that we have a father that cares for all. Within that all, ladies and gentlemen, is his creation. It is the animals. It is the land. It is the lost. It is the hurting. It is the broken. It is the saved. It is you. It is me. It is each and every one of us. Why don't you turn to your neighbor for the last time this afternoon and tell them the Father cares for all. Let us pray. Father, Lord God, we just thank you. We thank you because we are always and forever reminded of your love for us. Father, Lord God, you see the hearts of each and every one of us here this afternoon. And Father, Lord God, there are people in here who are wondering and questioning whether you do care for them, Lord. They haven't had the courage to speak about their hurts and their disappointments and their bitterness. But we thank you, Lord God, because you are a father who created all and who cares for all. And I just pray, Lord, this afternoon that you will speak into their hearts, that you will minister a healing to those who are hurting. We pray, Lord God, that, Father, Lord God, those who are come before you with a broken heart and a broken spirit, Lord, that you will restore them, Lord Jesus, that you will give them hope, that you will give them courage, that you will give them boldness, Lord Jesus. Let them be reminded of your ever-present love in a time of trouble. Let them be reminded of your presence in their lives, Lord Jesus. Father, Lord God, we just pray that they will not, Father, Lord Jesus, lose sight of the fact that you are always there to uphold them, that you are a God who never leaves us nor forsakes us. And Father, Lord God, we just come before you, thanking you for everything that you have done in our lives and everything that you will continue to do as you watch over us in the days to come. In Jesus' name we have prayed. And the church said, Amen. God bless you, church.